Hello, everybody, and welcome to Debtor Survive. I am your host, Rob Riches. And I'm your other host, Cheryl Riches. And this is the podcast where we'll tell you an amazing survival story followed by somebody who didn't do so well with the Darwin Award. Yep, that's what we're going to do. So it's been a week. Hope everybody's had a good Christmas, good New Year's. Uh, I guess we would be uh, doing an injustice if we didn't say uh, rest in peace, Miss Betty White. Yes, absolutely. That was a huge... Uh, icon lost it's weird you know you don't obviously i mean not me anyways maybe somebody out there that listening ran into her but i've never met her or anything like that but you still feel that little bit of loss eh? eight yeah. decades in the industry everybody was so excited to celebrate her hundreds with her too and yeah just shy january 17th however uh can't say that she didn't have a good life eight uh, i think it was eight decades the longest uh in uh, industry Hollywood or whatever. Oh, is that true? I didn't know that. Yeah. So she had a good, really good run. She's been, uh, and I mean, from what I mean, again, personally don't know her, but she always seemed happy and full of life. So, and her, uh, her favorite story that she was, uh, I don't know. Did you ever hear this story that her, um, her mom used to say that, uh, uh, when you pass away, she wasn't scared cause she'd finally be excited to uh, know the secret or something like that of what happens when you pass away. No, no, so, I never yeah, heard she that. told a story about that. I was reading one of the things. So that's uh, even uh, Ryan Reynolds had a thing on there. He goes, uh, he said, you know, lost a big, you know, blah, blah, blah. And at the end he, he goes, now, you know, the secret. So kind of cool. Apparently her last word was her husband's name too. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, that's, yeah. Which one? She had three. Did you know that? Oh, no, I didn't. Well, know. look at all the things I know and you don't. Was there one? I, I can't remember. What there was, was uh, two was that were really early and they didn't last very long. And then the last one was her. Yeah. And well, he I'm, died. And I think, I think he died in the 80s. Yeah. I think that's the one that of, she said. Uh, stomach cancer, cancer or something like that yeah. or some kind of cancer. So anyways, uh, I guess we've now we've gone on and on about Betty White. But, <laughs> um, yeah. So New Year's was okay. We uh, missed a week in there, guys. Sorry about that. We're trying to figure out how to do some of that stuff. We had some personal stuff come up, and we were doing some other things and family gathering. Uh, so we're we, going to... We've got a plan in place for the next time that happens, though. So we should be able to keep going every uh, week. Weekly, yeah. yeah. So we did uh, hear out from some of you saying, where's your uh, where's your uh, podcast? What's going on? So no, no worries. We are going to continue doing it. And thank you for reaching out and showing us that you do care. We've gone over 500 listens now. Yeah, we have. All right, where are we at? Where are we at numbers, girl? Oh, five, I want to say 523. 523? Yeah. So we're plugging there. We, uh, as uh, we keep reminding you guys, trying to get to 1,000 listens by April to see if we're going to continue on through the summer. It's going to be a lot of work in the summer, so that's why we're wondering if it's worth it or not. But so far, it seems like it because yep. we have to... Try to plan for vacation, not being here, extra episodes, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. So anyways, uh, I hope you guys are enjoying it. I hope you haven't fell asleep during the opening of this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, if you guys have made uh, any New Year's resolutions out there that might be cool, maybe contact us at our uh, email at, uh, what's our email? Debtorsurvivepodcast at gmail.com. Yeah, send us in some of your New Year's resolutions. I personally don't make them because I don't need any extra reasons to fail. <laughs> Last year, I wanted to lose 10 pounds, so I've still got 20 to go. <laughs> so that's how that's worked out for me. Um, other than that, uh, you got your story? I do. 
You got your drink? I do. No wine for my wife. No, I've got this food sensitivity BS going on. I can't eat or drink anything right now. However, I figured out I'm allowed gin. <laughs> she stole my aviation <laughs> <Yeah>. gin. <laughs> yeah. Took it. Aviation gin. <laughs> yeah, it's good. I'm enjoying it. <laughs> However. So anyways, you got your story? I do. You got your drink? Mm -hmm. Let her rip potato chip. Okay, I'm going to start out with a listener story. Oh, that's right. Yes. I forgot all about that. Yes. You're excited for this yes, one. Yes, I am. So what was I thinking? I should have <laughs> talked more about that. Well, you can go ahead now if you want. No, no, you've already, <laughs> okay. you already got the story going. <laughs> all right. Who's the, who's this listener story from? Just the first name. Just the first name, yeah, is Michelle. Michelle, she, yeah, nice. She Michelle, sent thank in you. a story, and she actually called herself our sacrificial lamb. So <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> that made me giggle. And actually, she um, she did it via a YouTube video because it was a it's a fairly long story, and it was a lot to write out. So she did it via a YouTube story. So I'm kind of taken what she said and made it into my own story that I'm going to tell you guys here now. So she's probably got none of the facts, guys. She's yeah. probably got nothing right. <laughs> Michelle, I'm so yeah. sorry. She's just made it her own now. <laughs> she actually did such a great job on her story. I was just thinking about, like, taking the voice and putting it on here. But then I thought, no, that's not playing fair. She did a really great job. Anyways. Yes. And now you're going to have, like, dinosaurs coming in and she survived, like, a dinosaur attack or something, <laughs> yeah. right? No. Oh. No. Okay. I'm going to tell it like she said it. All right. Okay. You ready? Uh, yes. Okay, so here we go. So Michelle was 15 years old at the time that this happened, and she was living in a little town called Beaverton, Ontario. And I meant to look up where that was, and I forgot to. It's in Ontario. It's in Ontario somewhere. I feel like it's like um, Grand Bend. I could be wrong. I could be way off. I'll find Beaverton. You tell the story. Okay. So she's living on a farm um, in the middle of nowhere. She's is very rural. She, like their property is the only farm on this road because that's it's like a three kilometer long farm and her driveway was half a kilometer long so not just like run to the end of the road to the mailbox you're probably gonna get on a bicycle or a car unless you're feeling like going for a stroll but it takes a bit anyways just so you, uh, other people are aware that we don't in Canada, measure our farms by kilometers. We do use acres and and, and hectares and stuff. Yeah, she didn't tell me how many acres it was, though. <laughs> no, I'm just listening yeah. to you. It was three kilometers yeah. long, and then the driveway was yeah. one kilometer. And people are probably going, Canada does what? Yeah. I'm just giving you the idea. That was a big farm. So for and this, I'm just aggravating you. <laughs> for the week that she this happened, she had a friend staying over for the week. Um, it used to be a friend that lived in the area, but she moved far away, but they were keeping in touch with each other. So she'd spend some time at Michelle's house and Michelle would spend some time. I'm going to call her friend C because we don't have permission to use her name. So I'm just going to call her C. So at this week, C was spending the week there. And then there was another house in behind that somebody I, I'm from the story, from what I understand, it had been severed off. But there was another house that had been part of the property at one point. And they had another friend back there that was house sitting. So they decided, C and Michelle decided that they were going to go visit this other friend. This part of the story doesn't actually have a lot to do with the what actually happened, but it it is pretty cool. So I'm, I'm going to tell it anyways. So they get to this house, they're visiting their friends, and they hear this like crazy weird noise. And they look out into the driveway 
and there's all of these pickup trucks pulling into the driveway. And then a helicopter lands on the lawn. <laughs> like out of nowhere, this helicopter lands on the lawn in the middle of nowhere, right? Was it was the president it? or something? No. Was, was there, <laughs> were they trying to steal horses? Yeah. Was And a police officer comes and knocks on the door. Now, it's just these three teenage girls in there at this point, right? But he's wearing like the full gear, the helmet, the bulletproof vest. So I don't know what he was expecting, but I don't think he was expecting teenage girls when he knocked on the door. Actually, I've I've got teenage girls and that's exactly <laughs> what you wear when dealing with them. Um, actually, like when our daughter came for Christmas, I actually put on the, the bulletproof vest, the helmet, everything. That's actually standard teenage girl <laughs> outfits. So the friends are in there and her friend's going, I'm not answering the door, answer the door. So Michelle has to, like, she's our, our sacrificial lamb. She was their sacrificial lamb too. So she opens the door and says, um, hi. And the police officer says, do you know that you have weed growing on this farm? And she's like, no. So yeah, then they watched these truckloads full of weed. Like there was just this parade of trucks coming out through the driveway and the, the, they were so full, they were up to the cabs. That's how much weed they pulled out of the farm. So I'm sure somebody got into big trouble for that. Anyways, the cops did their little thing. They leave. And now the girls are so excited to go home and tell Michelle's mom. They're like, this is some crazy stuff that just happened. I'm sure it doesn't happen there every single day. So they're like all being all teenagery and giggly and whatnot. And then they pick and now up. Now it's all legal. So it wouldn't matter. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Right. Well, three plants is a lot different than now. The, the Now the illegal part of that story is there was three people together from another <laughs> yeah. household. <laughs> Very true. Anyways. <laughs> so they grab up these corn cobs. I've never heard of this. I grew up in the city. Maybe you have, you grew up in the country. They grab these corn cobs and they're like running their fingers down the spines of them and uh, or like the ribs or what I don't know what they're called anyways. But as they're doing this, they're spraying cornstarch on each other. So they're just covering each other in cornstarch. Oh, maybe what they uh, they used to I used to be called Indian corn. I don't know what it's called now, but it was really dried out and it was different colors and you could flick it on there and get a powder coming yeah, out. Yeah, that's that's exactly yeah. what it sounded like. So anyways, yeah. I never heard anything like that, but they're laughing and they're giggling. And well, they're... that's because when you were growing up, you thought eggs came from aisle five. <laughs> I was in that city. <laughs> um, they finally go and tell their mom and they, they have their dinner and they're cleaning up and then they want to go tell their other friend that lives down the street. So they ask her mom if they can go tell their other friend. And she says, yeah, but wash the dishes first. So, And it's going to take her a while to get to her other friend's place. Do you know why? Because it's far away. It's three kilometers. <laughs> <laughs> well, not only that, but uh, Beaverton is in the middle of nowhere. Uh, it's like uh, about an hour, hour and a half north of Newmarket, heading towards Kawartha Lakes. Oh, so it's not Grand Bend at all. <laughs> no, no, not at all. Yeah. It's on the eastern side of uh, Lake Simcoe. So it's about the same distance north as Barrie, but it's way far to the east on oh, the other side. So, yeah. yeah, it is the middle of nowhere. Yeah. And like I was looking up to see if there's any little towns that I could just say, oh, it's near this town. And nope, nothing. So <laughs> not only that, it's not like it's on a bus route or uh, anything no, like that. No. And probably, um, Probably if she's 15, if she's anywhere near our age, uh, there's no Ubers or anything. No, no. <laughs> I'm going to go with no. There was no Ubers. Um, there was no cell phones, so there was no Ubers. Oh. <laughs> um, 
It's hard to believe, eh? We lived in a time when there was no cell phones. Yeah, we lived in a time when there was no microwaves. We live. You and I lived in a time when there was no nine one one. No. <laughs> yes. Really? <laughs> yes. I didn't know the nine one one thing. The microwave thing, I knew. <laughs> okay. And now here we are with laptops and speakers and doing a podcast. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. Out how of much. the Batman room. Okay. Anyways. Oh, I'm sorry. She finishes doing the dishes and who shows up at the house, but her sister and her sister says, can I go too? And her mom goes, yep, you can go. So Michelle's mad now because she had to do the dishes before she could go. Her sister walks in and she's just allowed to go. Right. So they're walking down. Must have been younger sister. Probably. (laughs) They're walking down the road and Michelle and her sister are bickering back at each other back and forth. And C's getting annoyed with them because they just keep bickering. So she says, I'm going to cross the road. So this road, like we've already established, they're in the middle of nowhere. And the speed limit there is 80 kilometers an hour. But if you grew up in Ontario and you've ever been on a rural road, you know that 80 kilometers an hour does not mean 80 kilometers an hour, right? What? (laughs) Yeah. I would say most people do like... 100 but i don't know up there it could be 120 could be 140 i don't know well back then too you used to do what was called crop touring so people used to throw a bunch of throw a case of beer in the back of their car and take all the back roads and cruise around and stuff that was uh, a lot of kids did that and that yeah that was and so yeah they called it the crop tour i'm sure it's not just ontario i'm sure any back roads people use it to get around go quicker that's true um so they check she they all check behind them and this road that they're on, there's an S-bend before the before the road, but they all look behind them. There's no traffic. And she gets to about halfway across the road, and all of a sudden, this SUV is there. So for that SUV to get, if, if he was lost in the little bend in the S-bend for a moment and then there, for him to be going, for him to have gotten there, he must have been going, like, really, really fast. Really fast? <laughs> yeah. Like, more than 100? Like, probably more than 100. So C sees this SUV coming and she decides she's going to run to try to get to the other side before the SUV comes. However, unfortunately, the SUV thinks that he's going to go around C on the gravel road instead to try to avoid her that way. There's another road there or is he going on the shoulder? No, no, like the gravel shoulder. That's what I meant. So anyways, they meet dead on halfway. And don't tell me she picked up the SUV. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> no, she gets hit hard, oh. like hard, hard. Like Michelle watched it all. She said it was like it was in slow motion. She could see the little bits of plastic going flying off. She could see C's body crumple as it got thrown from the car. And then she landed on the ground and the SUV just kept going. Are you fucking kidding nope. me? Nope. Nope. You know what? Like, especially in a scenario like that, it was not there. I mean, like, yeah, maybe they were speeding, but. Kids running across, yeah, yeah, like, you know what I mean? Sometimes that stuff happens. Yeah, there's circumstances, acts, not that you wish it upon anybody, right? And I'm not trying to point blame at C or anything like that, right? But fucking stick around. Yeah. Well, he does come back eventually. I think they figure that he knows that they might have seen his plate or he gets paranoid that they might have seen his plate or something, but he does return. But not yet. Right now he's gone. Um, So they, they have this moment where all three girls are just standing there and, like, it's surreal and they can't believe that this has actually happened. Right. So Michelle starts calling her name and she doesn't answer. And then Michelle just starts screaming. She's dead. She's dead. 
they go over there and her body is lying twisted on the ground and there's blood coming out of her ears and her nose and pooling around her head. And Michelle ne- realizes that they need an ambulance like now. No cell phones. So she runs back to the house. She gets to her half a kilometer long driveway and it just so happens that there was a bicycle at the end of the driveway. Half a kilometer or a kilometer? Her driveway was a half a kilometer. Oh, yeah. okay. Um, so she gets on the bicycle, but it's her little brother. So it's just this little bicycle. She And she's pedaling as hard as she can. And she's pedaling so fast that her legs and her lungs are on fire. And it, it probably more work, right? Because it's a smaller bike. It's not, she, she doesn't fit on it. So she gets in the house and she's so out of breath, but she manages to like between wheezes, tell her mom to call an ambulance. So her mom's on the phone with 911. But Michelle still hasn't been able to tell her why to call an ambulance because she's just like, <laughs> call an ambulance, right? I thought 911 didn't exist. It does in this. It does at this. I think it came out in like 81. All right. Yeah. <laughs> How old do you think I am? Like, that means I was six. <laughs> Jesus, woman. Um. So 911's is like, what's your emergency? And her mom's like, I don't know. She hasn't told me yet. So Michelle finally gets out that C has been hit by a car. And her mom is like, oh, my God, C's been hit by a car. So they get off the phone with 911 and they run out the door. Her mom isn't wearing shoes or socks. And they've got a gravel driveway. And she runs the entire way there. Oh, she didn't even take a car or anything? No. Oh. Yeah, she ran. I think that must have, I don't, yeah, I don't know the story behind that. But, yeah, she runs. They get to see, and the other friend that was that they had picked up along the way is standing in the middle of the road, and she's making sure that nobody else hits her, and her sister is kneeling beside her. Michelle's sister didn't know CPR, but she was blowing in her mouth to keep her from like choking on her blood. The ambulance arrived about five or ten minutes after they got back. And a neighbor who was a nurse had seen like people on the road and that there was an ambulance coming, so she brought blankets and she wrapped all the girls up in blankets to prevent shock in them because they've, they've lived through something really traumatic, obviously. At some point, point between when Michelle left and when they got back, that that's when the SUV driver had come back. So the police get there and they asked the girl what happened and they told their story and all of them said, yeah, the driver left. Like he's here now, but he was gone. While the police were questioning their girls, there were other police officers that were measuring skid marks and collecting evidence. And Michelle's mom got into the ambulance with C because her parents were obviously far away. So somebody needed to go with her. So dad comes and he takes the girls to go stay with a friend and joins her mom at the hospital. And they're all sitting in shock waiting for news. And it's like overnight and none of them can sleep. They're all like stressed, right? So the next morning her mom calls and asks and, and says, the doctor needs to know what's all over C. <laughs> Because is it some kind of chemical? What is it? So Michelle tells her that it's cornstarch from the corn cob pipe. And it broke the tension a little and gave them something to giggle about anyways. But her mom tells them that C survived and is stable. And she had been airlifted to the sick kids hospital. And Michelle says that she donates money to the sick kids hospital every month now because of this. I just want to let you know, Michelle, we do too. <laughs> That's, that is our charity of choice. Um, I've been doing sick kids for years, like yeah. even before you yeah. and I met. So I've been doing sick kids, I think 15, yeah. 20 years. I've always said too, if I ever win the lottery, a big chunk of it's going to sick yeah. kids, you know, help them out. But yeah, it's something, I don't know. It's just something I've always 
like to help the kids yeah. and stuff out. Well, there's no doubt that they saved C's life in this case. And they said that if it wasn't for, for the kids doing what they did, and if it wasn't for her sister blowing in her mouth, she would have died. She says that um, C actually did die for a couple of minutes, but when she started, when her sister started blowing in her mouth, it was enough to resuscitate her. So she recovered from her injuries after extensive physiotherapy and time. I guess at the beginning, she was just like one big cast. And then she had to relearn how to do everything again through physiotherapy. Oh, we know a little bit about that, don't we? <laughs> yep. <laughs> so she and Michelle stay in touch to this day. And she is living her best life, I guess. And a year later after this happened, the girls were awarded an award of bravery, which is really nice. Um. I also know about PTSD, so, but Michelle suffered from some PTSD after this. And it's something like it's a lot more common than people actually think. But she didn't drive until her mid-20s, but she's over that now and she's driving and all is well. Well, that's good. Yes. That is good, good, good. Thank you, Michelle, so much yes, for your thank story. thank you. I'm, I was so excited to get your email. So thank I you for Cheryl, being our sacrificial lamb. <laughs> I hope Cheryl didn't butcher it. I know that I'm sorry you, probably wanted, your, you probably wanted your favorite host to do it. But well, her favorite host did do it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know about that. I, it's like I said, a lot of my guys don't ever get a chance to write in. Oh, my God. That's <laughs> yeah, true. That's true. All right, now I have my own little story. I knew Michelle's was going to take some time. You're doing another one? I am. Holy I have to do radio my, hog. Yeah, I have to do my story. Oh my gosh. This is a good one. You'll enjoy it. You will enjoy it. <laughs> I'm going to tell you <laughs> about Paul Templer. Paul who? What? Templer. Paul Templer was 27 years old and living in Z Zambia, Africa. He had a business taking care of client or taking clients down the Zambezi River in kayaks. That's near uh, Victoria Falls. Yeah, I've been there. <laughs> He'd been working this stretch of river for years and got to know most of the animals that he saw on the regular, including a two-ton bull hippo. If anybody's listening to this, I actually haven't been to Africa or, <laughs> or that river. No, of course. Well, I guess you, they wouldn't know that's no. true. <laughs> yeah. So I can laugh. But I... <laughs> um, this hippo in particular could be a little bit grouchy and would once in a while do this like half-hearted charge towards the kayaks, but like just basically saying you're too close back off. So Paul had learned to give this hippo a wide berth. A wide what? Berth. Like leave it alone, back off. Why can't we just say give it space? What's the wide berth about? That's a very common saying. Well, it's obviously not common enough that I heard it. <laughs> well, now you have. <laughs> now you're going to hear it everywhere. Yeah, probably. <laughs> I know I'm going to give you a wide berth when we go to sleep. <laughs> sleep on the couch. That's how that's a wide berth. For those who don't know, hippos are territorial and tend to territorial? always territorial. Territorial. <laughs> hippos are territorial. Get her out, baby. This is why. This is why I do two stories and you only do one. <laughs> you got too much gin going into you by the second story. And tend to always be in the same place. The day of the event, Paul was out with three apprentice guide guides, Mike, Ben, and Evans. They were coming up to the end of the tour. The sun was getting ready to set and everybody was in this calm place, just taking in all of the tranquility, like beautiful on, Africa. One, one second. 
please tell me that the guy that gets hurt is Evans, just because I know Evans and I know he listens to our podcast. <laughs> Evans doesn't have a very good fate. <laughs> oh, there you go, Evans. <laughs> um. Suddenly, Paul feels this huge whack behind him. He turns around and sees that Evans has been flung out of his boat. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, not really funny, but kind (laughs) of. But his two clients are still in the boat. A hippo had gone underneath it and then lifted it out of the water with its back, like halfway lifted it out of the water with its back. So Evans got flung out. The other two are holding on for dear life. Paul's yell, Paul yells to the other guides to take everybody to a cluster of rocks to safety, and he turns his bat, boat to paddle as fast as he can towards Evans. Paul was reaching out to Evans. Evans had his hand outstretched, and they were just about to touch when suddenly he is engulfed by darkness. He had no idea that the hippo was there. It was just light one moment, and the next moment it was as if he had gone blind and deaf. Paul says that he was aware that his legs were surrounded by water, but his top half was almost dry, except it was slimy. And there was a terrible sulfurous smell like rotten eggs and a tremendous pressure against his chest. Is he inside the hippo? (laughs) The hippo is swallowing him. (laughs) (laughs) Jesus. His arms were trapped, but he managed to free one hand and feel around. And when he was feeling around, he could feel the bristles of the hippo's snout. Yeah, he was essentially being swallowed by a hippo. Paul started wiggling as hard as he could and managed to escape when the hippo opened its mouth for a few seconds. He started swimming towards Evans when the hippo struck again and dragged him back under the surface. Paul had never heard of a hippo attacking repeatedly like this one and figured that the hippo wanted him dead. Do you think he was trying to eat him? (laughs) You think he was just doing a taste test? No, he, he tastes good. Let him go. At this point, the hippo goes into full-on killing mode, and he's throwing Paul into the air, catching him again, and then shaking him like a dog with a doll. (laughs) Jesus. (laughs) Yeah. Then he pulled him underwater again, right to the bottom, and then everything went still. The hippo's just sitting there with him in his mouth, underwater. Paul says that he can remember looking up through the 10 feet of water and wondering which of them could hold their breath longer. I bet the hippo could. Well, yeah. I'm (laughs) going to, yeah. Since they can, yeah. Yeah. That wouldn't be a wonder. What it would be would be reaching into my pocket and getting out my pocket knife and stabbing it in the nose. Yeah, that would probably be good. They have very sensitive skin. I did read that. Yes. Um, The water was filling with blood because Paul had almost 40 bite marks and puncture wounds in his body. Do you think he was being ragdolled by a hippo? Yeah. They were underwater for what seemed like a very long time, and Paul was resigning to the fact that he was about to die. Suddenly, this hippo springs to the surface and spits him out as he does. And when he gets to the top, Mike, the other guide, was there, and and he's waiting in his kayak. So he paddles over, and he grabs Mike and then paddles him back to safety. When they get him to shore, they could see his left arm was crushed to a pulp, and blood was pouring out of him. When Mike examined his back, he found a wound so deep that Paul's lung was visible. Gross. Gross. So they had um, trays of snacks that Mike took the wrappers off, like saran wrap, and wrapped up his wounds. And they, and just by luck, there was a medical team nearby that were doing an emergency drill. So with their help and Mike's help, Paul was able to reach a hospital for surgery. What happened to Evans? Evans didn't make it. Oh. Yeah. Poor Evans. Yeah. 
He was warned before surgery that he was probably going to lose both of his arms and the bottom of one leg. But in the end, he only ended up losing his left arm, which, I mean, he lost his left arm, but he only lost his left arm, right? So take the good with the bad. Um, Evan's body was found downriver two days later. Oh, that sucks. Yeah. Attempts were made to find and kill the hippo. I have mixed feelings about that, but that's for another day. Um, But the hippo went into hiding. He outsmarted them. Oh, that reminds me of the bear when we were camping. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you got to tell them. You got it. We got to stop so you can tell them that story. No, finish your story. Up okay. now, I'll tell it. All right. Uh, Paul kept doing his tours, and two years later, he's convinced that he saw the hippo once more. When they were drifting past the strap, stretch where the attack had taken place, they were drifting past the stretch where the attack had taken place when a huge hippo lurched out of the water next to his canoe. He screamed so loudly that the people that were with him said they'd never heard anything like it. The hippo dived back under and was never seen again. And Paul says that he would bet his life savings that it was the same hippo determined to have the final word. <laughs> Sounds like Quinn and his ostrich. Yeah, it <laughs> it's the same ostrich that was trying to get me. <laughs> okay, so I just, I have like five, four hippo facts here that I want to tell you because hippos are crazy creatures. Well, they are. They're like, they're, they're, I think they're actually one of the most dangerous on the planet. Well, it says the hippo is the world's deadliest large land mammal. Other than humans. Their incisors can grow up to 40 centimeters and they can weigh up to four tons and they can run 30 kilometers an hour and they kill an estimated 500 people a year in Africa, that which is more than lions, elephants, leopards, buffaloes, and rhinos combined. Yeah. <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah. Everybody's afraid of the lion. You should be afraid of the hippo. Oh, shit. <laughs> I think what it is, though, it's, it's that... It's, uh, you know, everybody sees the cats running and that, you know, yeah. and then you see this big hippo that's the size of an ice cream truck. Yeah, oh, yeah. That's how I can outrun that. <laughs> no, 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 you can't. No. <laughs> you going to tell the bear story? I can tell the bear story okay. if you'd like. Yes. So please. are you going to interrupt me while I tell the bear story? Or are you just going to let me go with it? I'll let you go with it. Okay. Because I know I'm going to say something. And you're going to go, that's not. <laughs> so I just, am I telling the story? Tell I guess. the damn story. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, we were up camping in uh, Restool, Ontario. So uh, the wife and I are trying to go to all the provincial parks that we can. So unlike most people, we're not scared of the bears or anything like that. We actually try to find bears when we're out camping and stuff like that. And we've done uh, pretty successful. We've uh, scaled a couple of uh, fences and been into some... Uh, yeah, don't do that. ...dumps and <laughs> yeah, stuff like that. And don't see, do yeah, that. don't do this. <laughs> but we have. I've yeah. uh, seen a bunch of bears doing that way. We've actually uh, had some bears come right into our campground when we were staying at... Uh, uh, actually, the park was called Kill Bear. Um, so anyways, we're there. All of a sudden, we hear these bells just ringing and ringing. And we're like, what the hell is that? Like, what's going on? <laughs> this is only a few sites down from us. And it turns out that it's bear bells. So... Uh, some of the ladies at the campground, the bear was in there taking the cooler. So they're ringing the bells to scare the bear away. So the bear takes off. And of course, now they, they contact the, um, uh, what are they called? The rangers yeah, or whatever. Yeah, the uh, park rangers. Park rangers and stuff to let them know. So now the park rangers are out trying to hunt a bear. And what they do in, um, uh, is they try to deter it by coming by using paint guns. Yeah. <laughs> so they shoot the paint guns. They shoot paintball guns at the bear, hurts them, shoots them out of the area and stuff. Or scares them at the very least. And scares them at the very least or whatever. Gets them out of the area. So that way, uh, they they it's a bad experience. They don't want to come back. If they continue, then they do uh, sometimes relocate the bear or whatever. Uh, but you have to be careful with that. 
as well. So anyways, we go running down to find out what's going on and stuff like that. Uh, and the rangers are out trying to find this bear and everything like that. So we can't help anymore. Can't find it. See we're also cheering for the bear. Yeah, we're cheering <laughs> for the bear. And uh, it gets dark and everything like that. So the next day, I run into the uh, the rangers again. And I'm like, hey, did you guys find the bear? And, like that? and uh, she starts laughing. And she's like, no, um, they were out chasing the bear and everything like that. And when they came back to their truck, um, the bear was actually at their truck. There was bear paws all over their truck <laughs> and had stolen their lunch and everything like that. So the bear yeah. actually was- outsmarted them, came back, yeah. took their food, and was hanging out at their truck while they were out looking for it. Was it was a big so, F you. Yeah. So it was, uh, yeah, it was kind of funny. Um, it's one of my favorite uh, camping stories. Yeah. I'm, not a, I'm not a big fan of Restool Park. It's not that I'm not a big fan. That I, I'm a guy that likes to, I like to go camping, but I like to go in and see little towns around. I like to see antique shops and and that kind of stuff i like to do um that kind of thing when i'm out just for and there's absolutely nothing around with stool yeah like so nothing. he would never go camping in beaverton <laughs> yeah i'm not going camping in beaverton not at all that's not happening um so anyways with that i guess i'm up eh yep you're up all right ladies and gentlemen buckle up for your favorite here we go oh god <laughs> nobody said no yet <laughs> Nobody said yes either. I've had one person tell me yes. <laughs> oh, really? I was buying him a coffee. <laughs> Some bribery. <laughs> <laughs> I'm almost uh, regretting telling this first story because I know this is going to lead to the problems for, for myself down the road, but I'm going to tell it anyway. So. Oh, is it because it's something that you would do? No. Oh. <laughs> no, it's something that you're going to force me to do. Oh. And I don't really want to be forced to do this, but I because you've already forced me to do other things. So anyways, in 2001, in the South Idaho Press, uh, there was a story about uh, one of our favorite heroes, Johnny. Okay, here we go, Johnny. So Johnny was out with a van full of friends, and they had spent the day on the mountain. Did you know there was mountains all around Idaho? Yeah, that's why I want to go. I didn't know you wanted to go to Idaho. Yeah, I want to go to Idaho. It's beautiful. Oh, I didn't know that. I know you wanted to go to Utah. Yeah, I, I, didn't wanted, know I also want to go to Idaho. So I put right in here. As I was reading this, I was confused on the whole uh, mountain thing. I thought Idaho was a flat state that uh, grew potatoes and corn. So I'm not sure why I thought that, but this is what I had in my head. <laughs> I thought it was, I honestly, I thought it was a lot like uh, Saskatchewan. I no, thought it I was just kind of flat. Like, and It's attached to California, right? Oh, it's, is it? Yeah, I don't I know. So. so maybe I got, well, maybe it's Ohio I got mixed up with. Then. Probably Idaho, Ohio. Ohio. Yeah. Anyways, that's what I thought it was. And then I'm reading about they're coming for the mountains. And I'm like, what are you <laughs> talking about mountains? So, um, so yeah, so I was, it's on the uh, southeast part of the Idaho. There are 11 major ranges up there and uh, a whole bunch of sub ranges and stuff. Yeah, um, it's and the, very, very picturesque. Yeah, so I, that's what I was saying here. I was scared to bring it up because now I'm going to have to go there. <laughs> you so, were already going to have to yeah, go Yeah, apparently there. I was already going there anyway. So <laughs> there you go. So yeah, so I don't even have to read that whole paragraph now about what you were going to force me to do. <laughs> I was already done. See, I told you, I don't know what's going on in my life. She just tells me. Anyways, back to Johnny. Johnny was driving his van full of friends back from the mountains. And all of a sudden, the brakes went on the van. Oh, no. Yeah. That's not So the, the van starts to speed up because it's going down the mountain, right? Yeah. And Johnny makes the brave um, choice to not say anything and jump into action. Oh, and when I make that statement, it's because that's what he did. Johnny jumped out of the van. Didn't tell anybody. <gasps> jumps out of the van. Oh my god! 
not. So they're just like, yep. Oh my God. <laughs> yep. So, uh, yeah, he bailed on his friends. He just what jumped out of the, the van and gone. Break? So one of Johnny's friends, um, yep. that was there was able to get the van under control and get it stopped and slow it down. Now, I don't know. It doesn't get into details if they use a runoff or not, oh, um, yeah. down in the States, if you're not aware, um, I don't think we have them in Canada. Or if we do, I haven't really I've seen them. But one. they have runoffs. Uh, so if you're getting out of control, you go into the, you can go off to the right or the left or whatever it is, and you run your truck straight up or your vehicle straight up, and it comes down and kind of cushions it. However, they get it under control. Everyone in the van is safe. Everything is uh, a good. That <laughs> I way. can't believe he didn't say anything. Not a thing. No. Yeah. Just <laughs> according to the the story and stuff like that, he didn't say anything to his friends. He just what a douchebag move. Yeah. Well. <laughs> So anyways, now they're like, we're going back to find Johnny, right? So yeah. all the friends were out hunting for him and looking for him, but it wasn't really hard to find him because Johnny was lying on the road right where he jumped out because when he jumped out, he didn't jump far enough and he smashed his head on the pavement, broke his neck and oh, killed himself. Oh, God. So yeah, he bounced his head off the pavement and rolled Damn. and was lying right there. So he's the only one that died. By not staying and getting help with that's, his friends and bailing on them. That's karma right away. Well, that's so that's why I put it in here, right? It's like you read my story. Yeah. Did you read my story? I did not read your story. Because it says in here, I was debating on whether this was a Darwin or just a karma. I'm not sure which award to give him. But, um, yeah, so that's uh, that's how Johnny died in that one. That would be terrifying. Could you imagine? But, I mean, I guess hopefully, like, I mean, most vans, I'm picturing most vans, obviously it doesn't say what kind it is, but usually there's only, like, one cap, like, there's two captain seats yeah. and then a bench behind, right? Yeah. So, I mean, even getting there, like, getting yeah. over the console or getting yeah. there, or like you said, pulling an emergency brake, like, yeah, like, just good well, for even, whoever did it. I but. always look at those runoffs when we're in the States and think, if I ever had to use one of those things, that would be, like, the most terrifying day of my life, if yeah. I had to actually use one of those things. I wonder how often they're used, actually. Yeah, I don't know. But how many car accidents do you think are in Canada? Just Canada in a year. Just like any kind of yeah, car accident? Yeah, just car accident in Oh, Canada. I don't know. Like a million? What, what, come on. I don't know. 300,000. I guess there's not that many. How many people are in Canada? Well, I guess. You, you could have a million, but there's 300,000 just in Canada. I'm sure if you put the whole world together, there's probably yeah. more like a million or yeah. whatever. But anyways, Um. 300,000. Do you know what the most common accidents are? Um, There's three main accident causes. Running a stop sign. Nope. So I'm going to tell you because I just, I want to tell you. All right. I'm tired of you knowing my story ahead of time. <laughs> so first is uh, distraction. So right. obviously oh, that's yeah. your uh, cell Texting, phone, yeah. all that stuff. Um, the one I'm, you're going to point at me and say slow down, but it's high speed. Yeah. So high speed. I am really bad. I got a heavy foot. He um, does. However, I don't know how he doesn't get a ticket every other day. Because I only, I don't, just never mind. <laughs> Stop putting that on me. Why are you putting this bad aura on me? Keep my aura clear. <laughs> Carry on. Uh, and the third one, and it really surprised me that it was still up there this high, is impaired driving. Really? Yeah. 28% of all traffic-related deaths are, are because of impaired driving in Canada. In saying that, I think if you're like super tired, they call that impaired. Like, yeah, but still, I mean, it's just there's so much focus. Like I could see impaired. Yeah, maybe you're super tired and stuff, right? But really, twenty eight percent. Yeah, no, I, that is really hard to believe. I don't know 
well that's like, yeah and i guess i like i don't drink or anything like that or if i do it's like one drink if i even yeah. have that like i've had two drinks all in 2021 i had two drinks yeah yeah so i mean the whole year so i just i guess i just i always know that we, and all of our friends always make sure they're either spending the night or yeah we have camping yeah, or whatever so it's people just have been smarter than that well now. and it's been so in, and with social media and i mean I'm, yeah. I'm pretty sure that almost everybody um knows that uh somebody that's died or been in a right. serious accident yeah. because of it, right like i mean i don't know well and so, i feel like there's an element of shame if somebody finds out that you're drinking and driving like you yeah and even and and the other thing is the cell phones right like before it used to be oh i can't find a phone or whatever yeah, i didn't want to yeah. you know like now you even have cell phones yeah. and, and and apps where you just push it and then uber right like yeah. there's so many i'm yeah. just it was really 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 uh surprising to me that that impaired one was that high yeah me too I figured it would be women driving. But. Oh, stop that. <laughs> Make me come over there and kick your ass. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> uh, so now for Darwin winner number two. Okay. Are you ready for this one? I am. Is it, let me guess, is it Johnny? It's always Johnny. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Why do I do this with you? <laughs> huh? Why? I thought I was having a moment of being psychic. Oh, look at you. Yeah. Because you read my stories. She reads my stories. Just so everybody not. knows, she reads my stories. So anyways, uh, you and I have a lot of hobbies. Uh, a lot of things that we like to do. We uh, we go camping. We uh, we go uh, kayaking. kayaking, hiking, motorcycling, all these other yeah. things. And most of them are outdoor activities. So what's one thing that I always check? I'm always watching. On, on Oh, the weather. Right. Yeah. I'm always looking at the weather. Yeah. Like, not so much in the winter, but even in the winter, there's activities where we go out and we do campfires and, and stuff like that yeah. with, with friends and go through the woods and stuff, right? But especially in the summer, because we're going to go kayaking or we're going to go hop on the motorcycle or I'm going to yeah. take the bike work. So um, when you do that, you keep a close watch on this because, you know, the weather can affect stuff, right? And if you're out on a motorcycle and all of a sudden, you know, it's pissing down rain, roads get slippery, you can, yep. you can fall, right? So try to do most of them when they're sunny. Well, not all people think the same as you and I, honey. Oh boy, I no, no. We've been stuck in a couple of thunderstorms, and I would never want to do it on purpose. Oh yeah, yeah. So well, not all people think the same. So some people think they can go out and do whatever they want, whenever they want. And uh, I don't know if that's just because they want the adrenaline, or if it's because they want to show off, or if they're looking for they just never views, think or they them. just think that uh, yeah, it's never going to happen to them. So regardless of the reason, they uh, they just go and do whatever they want. And that's what our little Spanish Johnny, our little Spanish Johnny Ooh, I did. I wonder what a Spanish Johnny. It's not Juan. Is it Juani? It's Johnny. I don't, it's Johnny. Stop. <laughs> so our Johnny in this story is from Spain. Okay. Uh, and this occurs in Spain. Okay. Uh, and Johnny likes to kite surf. Okay. Do you know what kite surfing is? Is that like the board with the big sail on it? Yeah. So basically you're out on the, they got that kite that goes up top. So yeah, it's a, it's a board and then you got a, like a parachute kite type thing up top and you can go out and do your surfing and stuff. And then you can, if you can manipulate the wind, you can do really cool tricks and jump okay. up in the air yeah. and, and do stuff like that. Right. So again, I've never tried it. I've just seen it out there, read the little brief on there, but that's basically what it is. So, uh, what I found out about the story, find out how long how long Johnny. I tried to see how long Johnny had been doing this hobby. Like yeah. I thought maybe he hadn't been doing like it for been, a while, or, he had or, new, or, or yeah. has been, yeah. or whatever. But there was nothing on there. But still, the weather that day 
was calling for hurricane-type winds and waves coming in. He thought he was going to go so so regardless, Regardless, (laughs) if you are new to this or if you have been doing it for, you know, 20 years, I don't know about me, but if somebody says hurricane-type winds... I don't even want to be outside. No, exactly. (laughs) Let alone out on the ocean um, doing this stuff. But uh, Johnny said, nope. Not going to stop me. So he gathered up all of his gear. Um, I'm pretty sure he brought a bag with his, you know, extra stuff in it, whatever. And off to the beach he went uh, to do some kite surfing. So even when he got to the beach uh, to go and do this, they had a ton of signs up saying, do not go today. Um, uh, They had a band up, high winds, dangerous, all this stuff. And Johnny's like, no, I already drove here. I'm going to go do it. So he unpacked everything, headed out on the water, uh, and started going and surfing and stuff on the yep. big waves. Got his kite up in the air, went to do one of those jumps where yep. he, he does it. And the wind caught him, and they found him more than a kilometer away from the sea. Oh, my God, inland. They found him a kilometer inland. Yeah, so it, uh, he, went in, he went inland, and um, from the type of the, the bruising and stuff they found on him, it looked like he was uh, smashed into several buildings. Oh, my God. Yeah, and then he was dragged through a bunch of trees and then bounced into some more buildings when they kind of laid out where he went and some of his clothing wow. and stuff that was found. And then, yeah, they found him uh, uh, a kilometer dead on the land because the one picked him up. That's crazy. That's a long distance to be dragged. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, and, like I said, and then smashing yourself off yeah. buildings. Like, it would have, yeah. yeah. Hopefully he died, like, right away yeah because well yeah could you imagine that just no. like they'd be scared yeah just flying around and, and you got no control over it at this yeah. time nothing right so so i looked in to see how uh, dangerous this sport is uh there was a study done so they were looking at doing a uh, kite surfing or um uh, what's the other one that they do with the surfing and the and they have like the sail on it is that uh I anyways know. they were looking at both of those to uh put them into the uh, Olympics. So there was actually a study done in 2016 to see how dangerous uh, kite surfing and the other one was. Yeah. And uh, kite surfing has um, seven injuries per thousand hours. That's so, that's a lot. Yeah. So it was kind of high, but it was. They're saying that it's uh, that out of those injuries, though, 90% of them could have been avoided if the athlete had took proper precautions. So oh. it's people running out there. And just either they're not buying the proper stuff or they can't afford it, but they still want to do it. Or they're not wearing helmets because you don't want to wear a helmet out in the water. You don't want to do this. And that's what's causing it. So that would actually be a kind of cool sport to watch if they could figure out how to do it. Yeah. Yeah. I thought, yeah, it would be a cool summer Olympic one and see what they could do out there. I mean, they got surfing and stuff. So it'd be kind of cool to add some other elements to it. So, yeah, but. I mean, so it's, yeah. So it's like everything else out there, right? um, There's always a risk to everything. Every time we hop on the motorcycle, I mean, I've been hit. Yeah. On the yep. motorcycle, I've had to lay my motorcycle down. Um, you know, every time, and that, that had nothing to do with me. That was somebody just yep. doing it right. And yep. I was not wearing my proper gear. I didn't have my leather jacket on. So they're picking gravel out of my arms yep. and everything like that. Yeah. Not that my wife would know because she was out doing a crafting day with her friend. <laughs> and when I tried calling her, she just ignored me. So I was, my you phone know, was the, not near me. In the back of an ambulance, <laughs> yeah. bleeding to death after I got smucked by an SUV. My wife was like, I'm painting pictures. It's so pretty. Who cares? Ignore him. Ignore him. That's not so. true. As soon as I found out, I, or there was a call to action. 
<laughs> Speaking of call to action, nice segue. Yeah. <laughs> so anyways, ladies and gentlemen, that is my story. Um, again, we are over uh, 500 uh, listens, so thank you so much. Yes, thank you um, very much. I think there's some new listeners out there, so thank you very much if you're listening. Uh, we, uh, from different areas, we're seeing uh, numbers go up in uh, Australia. We're seeing some numbers go up again in UK and up in the States. So and Sweden. And Sweden, yes. Yeah. We got an email once telling us we were actually in the top 100 of Sweden's uh, podcast. I don't. We don't believe it, no. but I'm going to brag about <laughs> yeah. it and say it's true. Because uh, the email said that's what we were. We were 93, so they wanted to congratulate us on the top 100. So that's what I'm going with. I don't believe it. I'm sure there were several more links and whatever. Yeah. but I think they wanted like $5 a month or something to whatever. I don't whatever care. We're yeah. in the top yeah. 100 in Sweden. <laughs> <laughs> we're huge in sweden huge um but yeah thank you for everybody that is uh tuning in and listening to us please uh follow um if you get an opportunity to rate us that helps too that helps get our yeah. podcast spread out everywhere else um i said before we are working on some merch and stuff so when i get some more ideas on that and what we're doing with it uh we'll obviously keep you up and up to date on that if you uh, want to purchase any of it and yeah, if you want to drop us anything, our, our email again is debtorsurvivepodcast at gmail.com. And you can follow us on Twitter. You can follow us on Facebook, um, all these uh, different things, Instagram, yeah. everything yeah. out there. So please follow, um, rate us, uh, put some comments out there, email yep. us, do we all that fun stuff. It very much. Yep. And we love the uh, interaction when we get there. And Michelle, thank you so yes. much for sharing you, your Michelle. story. Um, that's really all I got for the call to action. So I guess there's only one thing left to do. One thing. Just one, one of your thing. favorite things. <laughs> you ready for it? Oh, God. I think so. All right. <laughs> all right. Why was the snowman smiling? Oh, God. Is this dirty? <laughs> Why was the snowman smiling? You tell me. Because he saw the snowblower coming. <laughs> I might use that one. <laughs> that one's good. I like not it. Bad, eh? Not bad, Not bad. Still kept it clean. Yes. <laughs> yes. So, everybody, thanks for tuning in to episode 11. I hope you had a good time. And from myself, goodbye. Bye.